0: <laughs> Attention, Pokemon players! You're listening to Triple P Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast.
1: Welcome, everybody. This is a, a kind of a different kind of episode. It's a bonus bonus episode because uh, our local league just uh, wrapped up. Uh, so we have a guest on tonight um, to talk about his run in at the championship. Uh, so uh, I guess first off. Uh, Congratulations Colton and uh how are we doing today?
2: Hey, good uh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm um, doing pretty good. um happy to be here just to talk about the tournament and stuff, so looking forward to it.
1: Yes, and also, I mean as always, uh Nick the Duke of Hobbies is here as well.
0: Oh, hi, runner up to it too, so it's kind of fun <laughs> because we get to have uh, the first and second uh for the players league
1: yes, uh I, I was there too in the top four, and I lost to Nick. Uh, as well so we were all kind of right there at the end it was kind of uh, a fun little uh, playoff run all
0: right i think before we get into the talk of this real quick colton we got to go through our, we got to go through our guest questions here sure so, yes. first and foremost who's your favorite starter pokemon uh, uh, if you if you played any of the or, games or or if you know of any starter pokemon who's your favorite starter pokemon
2: do you want, like, the first evolution or the one? Because my, fir- my favorite just... Pokemon just so happens to be in the evolution chain. But Do it.
0: <laughs> so the second one say... is my favorite. And okay. my
2: favorite Pokemon would be Quilava.
0: Ah, nice. Awesome. That's a, awesome. What, what? Heart, uh, gold and silver, right?
2: Yeah, second gen. Yeah. Nice.
1: Well, uh, let me ask you this, too, uh, uh, on starting Pokemon. What was the first one you ever uh, chose?
2: First one, I believe, would have been Charmander. That's that's thinking way back, but I yeah. think that's think a small job. yeah, I definitely picked Charmander. I don't know if I like gravitate towards the fire. Um, Seems like it. I kind of have like a, I don't know, hatred towards Charizard now just because of what they're doing, but <laughs> they always have Charizard floating around everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. no. They, when they want to sell cards, they just uh, throw Charizard out there.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I get it. And I still understand why he's a fan favorite, so.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so then you ac- actually uh, answered the favorite Pokemon question. So uh, the third question I want to ask is your favorite Pokemon card. Uh, it doesn't have to be a Pokemon per se. It could be a trainer. It could be uh, anything for any any reason.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, I got into Pokemon no less than like a year ago, maybe just a little bit more Right, right before rotation hit last year. Um the first deck that I wanted to build was Gardevoir Sylveon. Um and I think the I believe it's the alternate art of that card mm-hmm. would be my favorite. Um it's got like the yellow background and like the chibi looking Pokemon on it. So that would mm-hmm. be like, my favorite because I think it's really good looking.
1: Yeah it's a it's an awesome looking card. Definitely a good choice.
0: Alright. Okay, so Colton you joined this in our first season of the players league here. Uh, we did a round Robin set and that was open deck. You could use any deck you wanted to change it up in between matches. Uh, what were you kind of playing during that time?
2: Um, let me pull open my decks here. Yeah. I honestly don't have too, too much online. I've, I've since kind of expanded since the beginning of the round Robin. Um, the decks that I was playing mainly were Eternatus a couple different variants of it, because there are some minimal things that I think you can change around that make it play differently each time. Yeah. Um, and then I also had kind of like a, I would say incomplete, given the current way that it's built, but I had a Rom deck, and I also have the Wet Mewtwo is what I was playing mainly in the round robin.
1: Nice. And, and how, out of those uh, three, obviously... Um... You picked Eternatus for the player uh for the playoffs. Um was that based off just your preference for the deck, or was it just based off uh completion or or whatnot? Yeah, a little bit of
2: both, I would say. Like I still to this day find myself most comfortable with Eternatus, even though I do want to branch away from that and I guess that's a different topic in general, but um I I just think the comfort factor is the most obvious reason why i would choose that deck for myself um i just know how to play it i think the best mm-hmm. compared to the other ones it's easy to make mistakes if you're not familiar with a deck so i would just go with the one that i know the best
0: yeah that's that's a great point uh you know a lot of people uh trying like it, i i did it in the players cup i tried attempting decks so i 100 percent wasn't behind or knew very well mm-hmm. um and it definitely cost me some matches there so yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, you got to learn but, somewhere, so like that's that's always a starting point, and it just depends when you want to and how you want to learn, I guess.
1: Yeah. Before we go into the actual playoffs of our local, um, since Nick brought up Players Cup, I know you you entered it. Did you use a lot of Eternatus during that Players Cup run that you had?
2: Yeah, I think mainly I only used two builds. I don't think I ever put Pekarom into the Players Cup. I think I basically just did Eternatus with a couple different variants. And I did the Wet uh, Mewtwo. Um, Yeah. I only did Wet Mewtwo probably seven or eight of my keys. And I would honestly say the majority, maybe 40 or more, were Eternatus. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I definitely played Eternatus the main way through there.
0: And and you had a really good run in there, too. I remember you saying, like, you had 15 keys left, ran through it, and still, you almost made the cut, uh, I believe, correctly. You didn't make it, but, you know, getting close to 80 points still.
2: Yeah, yeah, I ended, I think I ended 81, if I'm remembering correctly.
1: Wow. And oh, man, you were really close.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I didn't ever take a look at, like, the finalized listing and stuff like that. I think I stopped checking whenever I, like, branched out of the 256, but It was definitely like, I think Chuck had mentioned it too. And he kind of had similar feelings as me. Like it just felt more of like a chore towards the end. And like, even with like PT CGO, like it's sometimes incredibly frustrating. Like, I think actually, and I don't want to talk about the, the games too much beforehand, but I used a professor's research against Nick in the finals and I got five energy you know, out of the seven (laughs) that you draw and not only is it seven (laughs) that you draw, but there's only 10 in the deck. So like, it's like, that seems to happen so much online. And so like, whenever that happened in the player's cup, I just, you lose a lot of motivation to keep playing because it doesn't seem.
1: I definitely can agree uh, on that. I've had a couple moments similar, um, like my mid uh, player's cup run where I would do something like that or a crowbat and just draw a bunch of energy and Ultimately, I would lose those games, and I kind of went on a downward spiral. And I honestly, I had to take a, over a week off uh, playing Players Cup just to kind of regroup my mindset from from you know those kind of things.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I know it's not like I think we all know, you know, deep down that that's just dumb luck, and that that could happen anywhere, no matter how you play it. But. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, I don't know what it's called, and I'm sure it's some sort of, like, logical thing, but, like, you always focus on the negatives more than you focus on the positives. Like, I'll remember drawing five energy on a research more than I'll remember getting the seven perfect cards that I need for that moment, yeah. just because it's, like, more impactful.
0: Right. I'm sure it happened at some point, down the line. It's the expected thought, like, you know, when you're playing these, some of these cards and especially if you play the deck a lot, you kind of get in this routine. It's like, this is what I should be getting. And yeah, over time you will eventually, you know, you normalize out, but yeah, the, the extremes are always those moments. Exactly. Definitely. All right. So um, were there any notable matchups in the, in the, the round Robin that you, in our players league that you were like, what went wrong or were you like wow that was that was amazing that was like a good game
2: um so i mean i believe i had mentioned it somewhere along you know the tournament here that i had started off oh and four um i think i played jared my first two and then i played jake i believe my second two mm. um and both of those just especially the matches against Jared, for some reason, like, I have never seen Eternatus dead draw as much as it did against him. And not that he played bad, because he played exactly how he should, but I was stuck, like, both times. I just drew absolutely dead. There was no crowbets, there was no supporters, there was nothing, and I was just like, what am I supposed to do in this? Like it's (laughs) So, that's just another reason I had alluded to earlier that I'm trying to think of a deck that I want to move away from Eternatus with, just because, like, there is times that I just dead draw, even though the deck is extremely consistent, and I just don't, you know, enjoy playing it. Whenever that happens, um, but yeah, the, the notable points would probably just be, you know, the beginning. And I just was thinking about, you know, not using Eternatus whenever I started to play those ones. And I think I even played maybe Pikarom against Jake in one of mine, or maybe it was Mewtwo. I think it was actually Mewtwo, um, but even that didn't go well. So I just stuck with what I knew. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jared Jared has that uh that that crazy Sableye uh, uh, goon damage dealing mm-hmm. uh deck out there where if he does get that engine up and running, he just you know, six damage and whatever you have on the uh, in an active spot is definitely dead with Sableye's crazy claws, so um
2: Yeah, it's a it's definitely a good good deck. I think it's a little bit difficult to set up. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably why it's not, you know, seeing top tier play, but it's definitely like really good. And when it works, it works.
1: Yeah, that high end damage output is so appealing. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, but so for anybody that didn't know, our our round robins, uh, we we had what twelve people, and we we wanted to make the playoffs, ex- or you know, inclusive as possible. So we we cut to a top eight. Um, from there, y- you made the top eight. Let's talk about your run a little bit.
2: Yeah. My first match looks like Chuck. He definitely played uh, the Wet Mewtwo against me. And similarly to if you're playing a mere match of Eternatus, which is what I ran into the rest of the tournament, um, (laughs) I think Mewtwo kind of falters the same way in that if you roll heads with Crushing Hammer, there's really no you know, coming back, essentially. I I know that they have the Starmie GX, and I don't know what exactly the first attack is to get the energy back on the Mewtwo, but it's Mm -hmm. just like, as soon as you start pinging energy off of the Mewtwo that they're trying to attack with, there's no way to accelerate it unless you're attacking with that attack with Starmie. So it's too slow against a deck like Eternatus to, especially Eternatus running Crushing Hammers, to come back because... Uh, If you don't have Big Charm, you're getting one shot. Um, Mm -hmm. It's relatively common, I would say, to be able to, you know, ping enough damage onto like a Snom or something like that to get that out of the way. Um, But ultimately, I think what really did it, especially game one, less game two against Chuck, but definitely game one was Crushing Hammer. I think I was three for four on that
1: that oh. just swings the game so heavily in your favor. Yeah.
2: Yeah, not only is it, you know, on the board it's swung, but you know, even mentally it's just, you know, I, yeah. I've been there been there done that, you know, the opponent rolls 4 for 4 and you're just like, well, I'm just going to hit the quit button because i <laughs> there's really nothing you can do.
1: Yeah. Definitely and it, it might have definitely uh come into effect the next the next game too, like you said, just mentally after those hammers hit you so hard in that first game, it's sometimes hard to come back just to refocus up so
2: yeah exactly
1: so then uh we move on to you know top four and actually everybody that made top four uh myself uh duke yourself and uh and, and zach were all running different variants of Eternatus. so it wasn't a matter of you know if Eternatus was going to win it was just a matter of who was pilot- piloting uh Eternatus to to victory
2: mm-hmm. i agree yeah
1: so, yeah. yeah, your next matchup was against Zach, I believe, so.
2: Yeah, the next matchup, so, this, I was playing probably two weeks prior, I was playing the Turbo Patch variant, or A, I should say, A Turbo Patch variant of Eternatus, and in my head, I'm like, this is great, because, and I'll say it probably multiple times throughout this, I, as, as although I used four Crushing Hammer, and although that's in a lot of decks right now, it's probably one of my least favorite cards. And I just think it's a necessary evil right now. So I was mm-hmm. trying to build an Eternatus deck because I know Eternatus struggles so much against Crushing Hammer. I was trying to find a way to not have to worry about that in the format. So I'm like, okay, tur- Turbo Patch is an obvious answer. You know, if you, you know, play the you know, role of statistics and stuff like that, you'll be getting back just as many energy as you're losing and you should be good to go. The only problem is if you're losing those energy off of the VMAX, you can't get it back on there. And that's where you needed to go. (laughs) So after, you know, playing, I played that at one of our in-person, you know, leagues that we had on a Thursday. And I did well. I I did well with that one. I actually think I won that one. But the more I realized, you know, how circumstantial Turbo Patch actually was, the more I realized that Crushing Hammer does the same thing, just better. It's more of an aggressive, you know, damaging card than Turbo Patch is um so anyway long story short that you know zach was playing the turbo patch build i was playing the crushing hammer build and i just think you know that's purely why that i ended up winning that one and i and those matches were both extremely close they came down to like a last hit scenario you know bosses Mm -hmm. up something and and that's that's the way it was won um but i just think that's what gave me the edge
0: yeah, because that—that's why I know. Even though Turbo Patch, you know, on in theory it's like, wow, this is really great. Take that discard, put it onto a Pokemon, you know, that that energy. But the problem with it again is, if it's if you have two Eternus V Maxes out on the board, which is kind of what they you know Eternus wants to have, uh, one in the bench, one in ready to you know one attacking, you can't even use Turbo Patch for it. You have to like leave one of your Eternus V's just steady sitting there for the turbo patch so that that's yeah that's kind of the rough aspect and i think you know making the right call going the aggressive attacking way with the crushing hammer made a lot of sense mm -hmm.
1: yeah another way you could kind of work around that would be having the the energy switch but then again your consistency just drawing pokemon uh, will lack so i don't know if you want to Uh, commit, you know, four turbo patches on top of having some energy switches in there. It just doesn't seem quite right.
2: Yeah, it would probably feel a little, you know, clunky, a little less consistent. The one appeal to turbo patch that I was thinking through my head, because whenever I try to, I don't really, I'm not very good at building my own decks, and that's something that I do want to get better at. I usually just, you know, take a template from somebody else who knows much more than I do and make my own adjustments to it that I see fit. So And then whenever I do that, I try to think of what's strong in the meta. And this is going back to Player's Cup. I was consistently losing to um, Lucario Melmetal and Mm Zacian. And I think that's a very hard matchup inherently for Eternatus. But what I was trying to do with the Turbo Patches at one point was be able to sneak up on them with a Sableye. It was was Mm -hmm. less attaching to an Eternatus than it was being able to slap down a Sableye and get an attack off the same turn. Yeah, um, which
0: right, let's 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 go let's real quick let's take a go through your deck here, uh in turn and you know you got your four crow batch you got a four Eternus and uh, V and then three Eternus V max, and then you got your four goons, eye and two Spirit bombs, tombs ta- bombs. It's spirit the bomb tomb. one, Spirit tombs, and also the Hoopa with the assault gate. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, So, uh, we know the effectiveness of goons. And, you know, again, as we were talking earlier, and you mentioned, like, setting up that Sableye for that surprise damage, especially if you're, like, you know, I I like Sableye a lot because if you can put that additional early damage on to, like, say, an Ascenti Scorch or another Eternatus, Mm -hmm. uh, he can come in and take him out. The magic damage counter is 70 for Eternatus versus Eternatus. Or just six, sixty for Sableye. So that could be that could actually be a you know another way to turn it around and get a surprise kill. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Spirit Tombs, um, you know, why go with two of those? What's what? What was your thought behind them?
2: So the main reason that I have Spirit Tomb, and of course I always could be missing something, but um, he's really the only one who can do any sort of you know, respectable or any sort of useful damage to Azena, um after the Lucario metal, metal Metal GXs with the full, I think it's full Metal Wall or something like that, and mm-hmm. after Metal Goggles. Um, so they're obviously just taking 60 less at that point. Um, honestly, I don't think Hoopa has enough output to, you know, do anything scary, but Spirit Team, if you have one stacked up the whole way, He's hitting for 160. Um, so to me, that's a lot better because you can, you know, if you have two stacked up at the same time, you can nearly take out a zamazenta. Um, if you, you know, do enough damage with one attack and then start stacking up a Sableye, you can take it out. Um, that, was my mind, that was my thought process in having that. And sometimes it can just take out, you know, a, if you have it down turn one, you do the um, building spite and then turn two you need to take out like a zigzagoon or something like that, you just switch it up there so you don't have to take the damage with your Eternatus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is because usually you don't want to be the first one to get hit in a mirror matchup if we're talking specifically like that. Um Yeah I agree with that point for sure. Yeah even with V Maxes in general, like not even just mirror matches, they're all so tanky that the majority of them can live one hit. So you never want to be the first one to get hit. So it's nice right. to send up like a small spear tomb, especially if i'm fortunate enough to have the black market out there where it's really no you know risk at all um you're just doing free damage at that point
0: yeah for sure that's a good point that black market it's funny i i don't have access to it mm-hmm. and we can even talk about this with, with our matchup um it's it's funny because i know if if I'm going to be facing a turn, I figure they have it. So I don't need to play it. <laughs> exactly. So I don't run it in my deck at all. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and, you know, again, like, yeah, that's kind of a risk on if I'm not facing in the mirror match, uh, but, or other dark Pokemon. But again, you know, again, um, you know it, it's, it's such a defensive card stadium out there uh, to have for this deck. And it's so mean because, you know, they can maybe snipe damage or take out one of your turnses or crowbats, and they're just one. And then like you said your spirit tombs just being no, no, no prize cards at all for there. That's you know, you know, such a strong way to shut down decks sometimes.
2: Yeah, all all the stars have to align for it to work. But mm-hmm. yeah, th- that's the mainly, the main idea to answer your original question for spirit team was to have the most utility out of damage against the ADP or the Lucario Momental or the Zamazenta in particular, because I don't think I have much else in terms of answers for that.
0: That yeah, makes a lot of sense, though. Now, why... Uh, you know, I always ask this with when it comes to the Hoopa question. Why Hoopa with Assault Gate versus Hoopa with the evil uh, Domination?
2: Yeah, I... So Hoopa is probably number one contender for being removed from, you know, this build. So I don't really have too much of a justification for it. In in terms of, like, one versus the other, um, I would just say it's simply because it's more consistent damage. Um, you know, you're not always going to have your opponent's field loaded, uh, much less loaded with Pokemon with abilities, um, and it's always hitting for 90. So the utility of the chip damage in... Nearly every other match, so I can send up Hoopa against maybe a Cinder Scorch Vmax and hit that ninety first, just to get the next KO with a full bench and a an Meteoritus Vmax. Um, yeah. and, and I only use Cinder Scorch in particular because their builds, unless you're playing like an ability build, which is less common in my opinion, tend to limit their bench extremely. So the Hoopa with the Assault Gate ninety damage is just more utility overall but you know the other evil i'm not sure what the attack's actually called but that one for the ability damage i can see why it's useful especially in mirror matches like this
0: yeah i i think what i used it two times against you yeah. i mean we can get to our match now if you yeah, want yeah, to. might as well i
1: mean um yeah. we've gone through the other stuff already
0: yeah. me actually I mean, pull up my deck. Yeah, <laughs>
2: but yeah, I mean, definitely. You've definitely used it, you know, very effectively both times against me. Um, and I think we had even made that comment while we were talking, while we were playing. It's just that that one seems to work super well, you know, in this particular instance.
0: Right. I mean, well, like, like, uh, yeah, because of the bench, if you have a ton of Crobats or the Goons or the Spear Tombs too, like all that. And, and Eternatus, VMAX. Yeah in the bench it counts towards it so I, I it's always like that surprise little damage for it i run both i do i have one of each in there just because it, like you said like if you're facing the scourge well they don't typically have a lot of ability pokemon out there so that one's worthless and then i'll i'll put this one out there instead and maybe try to do that surprise um additional 90 damage to help set up for the next turn till it can knock out yeah
2: yeah, no, and then I don't, if you, you know, want to get into our match in particular, um, you know, it was definitely a good series. Uh, 2 1 was the end result, and I think the first one went to you, and then the second two went to me.
1: Yeah. And, um, first yep, one,
2: yeah. Yeah, first one, I think it was more of like a, a speed thing. I think you had the upper hand in terms of like an advantage in the beginning, and I just wasn't able to. Come back from that. I think basically I had some dead hands. I, I seem to recall there's like a power plant, a sableye, you know, a scoop up net in my hand, but nothing to get me more cards at any point. So it kind of goes back to what I had said happened in Jared early in Ron Robin that like sometimes you just don't get what you need. And that's just not only the way you play Eternatus but it's just kind of like the fact of Pokemon. Sometimes you just kind of have to scoop mm-hmm. and move on.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I, I think what I, I got one. One out there, one in the bench. I uh, had one energy ready to go. I did a crowbat, and I had, like, filled up my bench exactly how I needed it to be. Yep. And I was sitting there with, like, maybe, I think, a Pokemon communication or I, 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 something. I just remember, I was like, no matter what happens, I'm going to have two turns next turn, even if he Marnies me. And, uh, like, that didn't even happen either. Oh, I think I even played the power plant. To to thin my crowbat hand, you were like, oh, now I can't play it. Yep, um, yeah, <laughs>
2: yep. that probably makes yeah. sense too because I definitely remember having that in, you know in my dead hand. So like, it it makes sense that you're just on the field too.
1: Yeah, I definitely remember you guys talking about that because I was watching the game and uh, you're you're like, oh man, I can't throw that power plant to to thin my deck or my hand a little
2: bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely true. I mean, the more similar a build is or the more stadiums that you run, like, I mean, we all know to use crowbat to its fullest potential, you want to get rid of as much, as much as right. possible while carefully, you know, making sure you don't need it later, but yeah, um, it, it definitely <laughs> can hinder somebody that, you know, one card can make all the difference. So if you can't lay down that stadium to get it out of your hand, then.
1: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, game two. That was, uh, I think kind of where it was, uh, the meat of the, uh, the matchup was at.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that was probably the closest one. Um, being that, you know, game one was definitely a runaway in terms of Nick's favor. And then I'd say game three wasn't as much of a runaway, but it was a little skewed towards my favor. Yeah. So, I yeah.
1: think, uh, game three, Nick was kind of, uh, kind of dr- dead drawing as well. Maybe not as bad as you yeah. but i think you were just off to the races and you just couldn't quite keep
0: up yeah right it, it it was it was i i got to go first and uh i you know i know we're skipping game two but like yeah i remember we'll go back to country, it <laughs> yeah I, I couldn't give, go fast enough. And I believe on your first turn, you had, what, maybe two is down. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you got to do the energy acceleration, the power acceleration. And so it was just like, okay, whatever happens next turn, one of these guys is going to be, you know, ready to go. Yeah. Um, and
1: I, if yeah. I, if memory serves me correct, I think you either didn't get an energy attached your first turn, Nick, or yeah, Colton – and know, flip the heads on, on Crushing Hammer or something to that effect? Yeah. I think mean, he did both. <laughs>
2: I think, yeah, I think for sure the Crushing Hammer would have came through. And that's that's another comment that I wanted to make in that in, in running for Crushing Hammer and an Eternatus build in the mirror match, you almost don't mind going second. Um, yeah. Just right. because you have the energy acceleration in terms of, what is it, the power accelerator or something like that? Yeah, power accelerator. And then um, you can get two on your first turn and take theirs away. So it's almost like their first turn didn't even happen. Um, yeah. So it, it's definitely, I, I would still say more beneficial to go first, but you don't fear going second as much.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not such a, a, a disadvantage going second. It's almost yeah. like you really don't care.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Especially if you're sitting with a couple crushing hammers in your hand and you're like, well, I really want to play this Crobat. Well, might as well play it. Oh, it missed. Good. I get to play the second one. <laughs> Perfect. It hit. And then you get to play the Crobat and maybe even draw some more. So,
2: yeah. So, yeah. And then even more, you know, particular in game two is that basically, I think ultimately I ended up with three uh, VMAXs on the field and I was kind of mm-hmm. just doing the, you know, dance around thing where you try to, you know, obviously not have your most damaged one in the active. I was fortunate mm-hmm. enough to have, you know, two of them set up. And I think one of them, you know, was damaged with no energy. I think I was able to kind of, like, deter my attachments to that one because he got damaged early. So I just yeah. basically put it on a fresh one and built that one up. So um, that was scary just because, you know, at any moment Nick could have drawn bosses or something like that and knocked out, you know, that Eternatus that already had damage. And that's why it was so close is that, you know, we, we keep talking, you know, off of this interview that there was some zigzagoons that could have been played and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's yes. more or less the, the scary element of just like at any time this guy can just, you know, be eliminated. And one thing that, you know, entered my mind at some point and I never tried it just because of all these coin flip cards and I, maybe I'm completely delirious and this is even out of rotation, I don't know. But I feel like super scoop up could be fun in this yeah, build. it's out. It's it's out of rotation. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, so I yeah. was like, and if you were to run that in Eternatus with all this other coin flip stuff, that'd be kind of funny. Just because, yeah, you could just get there's it. a
0: there's a de-evolution version, but the risk is you might kill your own Pokemon. True. Uh, in the process, so that's why it's not seen as well. But like, if you you can actually de-evolve and that can be a counter to a couple other things, yeah. um, or it allows you to retreat with Dark City. And get out of there, um yeah. so that you or can even get the just other taking
1: one. yeah or just taking one less prize card too can't like if you know you're gonna lose it, so yeah
0: yeah i you know the I think the talk that we're talking about there is I had two ten damage onto one of your Eternuses, and yes. then you proved, moved him from active to the bench, and I had a goon in my hand with an empty slot, and I <laughs> didn't pay attention to that because I think I was so focused on you
1: were. You were so focused the, on taking that guy out, the other guy. Yeah,
0: well, just, just take the, his VMAX out because you, I think you crushing hammered me and I had one energy left on one of them. And I figured, well, even if he hits me with some more, I had a trump card ready to go that I could take out whoever was in your VMAX, you know, your VMAX that turn. And I had Rose in my hand. Yep, I and I had like a good hand. And you were like, well, you have too many cards. And you played Marnie. <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh. And I didn't draw an energy that next turn, which just slowed me massively down.
2: Yeah, that'll
0: do it now, yeah. yeah, and I remember going, like, I remember sitting there and being like, I had this game. I had that one right in the bag. And then I think that's when, like, you know, Jakey even said, like, I should have, I shouldn't have bossed up. I should have bossed up the one that was damaged, take it out. And uh, I think I bought, I think I did, like, a switch and a boss and try to, like, do some weird damage and just kind of slow you down too and then you you know like i believe colton you responded with not uh, a pretty quick energy boss knockout
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
2: yeah it's usually if i see game i don't want to do all the extra you know add-ons after that but yeah um i think what you know and i did this you know just before we played our match you know at the last thursday event that i was at I wasn't playing Eternatus. I was playing Inteleon. And it's kind of just an example of, you know, you see the board in front of you and there's always something that you miss. And it's just one mm-hmm. of those moments that you can just like learn from. Because I was playing Jared. He was playing his Sableye deck. And um, I had Inteleon. And he had, I think he had that electric Pokemon that does the damage counters whenever you attach it.
0: The false yeah, Pokemon. yeah. Electric bolt, yeah. yeah. So that was in electric the active.
2: Bolt. And I had a Zigzagoon in my hand that I had discarded with a quick ball. But he had a Goon on the bench. So I could have just. Pinged the goon, hit for sixty with the Inteleon, and also took out the main active Pokemon with his regular attack, and got my last two prizes. But it's just one of those oh. things that you just don't see. Like that—that that ten damage seems so insignificant at sometimes, but it's like really not.
1: Yeah. So I mean, they, I guess the moral, just yeah, just always try to be cognizant of the board state and and just maybe think through it just a little bit longer than you know uh trying to rush through things and and we all don't want to like go super slow because we want to keep it at a reasonable pace but at times you still want to just kind of step back and double check the game the game state uh or whatnot
0: yeah. No. Yeah, I always expect the Marnie. <laughs> and that's, yeah,
2: that's another good point too because I run 4 research, 3 Marnie and sometimes I would just love to swap it because I value, I think I had made the comment when we were playing that I value yeah. disruption so much in this meta that I almost value it more than those extra 2 cards from the research. So That's a fair point. Yeah, it consistency-wise, I see why that's not the right answer, but you know, it also ruins the consistency of the opponent's build. So it it could go both
0: ways definitely yeah no i i mean it it was it was a good game i i enjoyed i enjoyed all those games like you know that's why it was it was fun playing them and even though you know i yeah i came in second but like i had i actually had fun playing that matchup you know i'm not sure if you've ever been in that case where you're like playing a game you're like wow that was that was not exciting but like you know I enjoyed that game and I'm glad we got it recorded too. Cause we talk about the, you know, we were talking hinting at this a little bit ago. It's always good to be able to kind of reevaluate like those bigger games mm-hmm. while you're trying to play and learn the game. Cause this is, this is one of the better opportunities to learn. Like, you know, like you hit me with the Marnie. I should have, I should have taken a breath. I should have slowed down myself for a second, looked at that board all over again. You know, double Mm -hmm. check everything and who knows what that could have been that could have been a win or it could have just the the outcome could have been the same it could have just been a little different it doesn't really matter you know we won't know but it's always good to just kind of ah you know reevaluate that um and i think jake you do this in person a lot too say the match is over and i think you try to like play the next hand as if it didn't end and see what you would have done if the board yeah. stayed, stayed the same. And I think that's always a good idea too. Like, I, I know we can't do that when we're on online play, but, you know, in real life, those are one of those things. If you're not recording, um, always talk to your opponent and stuff. And so that's why I enjoyed talking to you right afterwards and be like, oh, you got me with that. And, you know, that, that that's why I was glad you jumped on. We could actually talk through those and, and I'm glad you're here too. Because I, I was... I really like your turnus build. And I really, I get the understanding behind it. Yeah. Uh, I think the next question, and I hope the listeners understand, um, and we'll post this deck in the show notes too. I'll have that ready. Uh, you know, what it would, is this the deck that you would continue using if you're going to, if, if you had to continue using Ternus, uh or are you considering some other variations of it at this time? Or have you already built the variations?
2: Um, I do have the Poison variant, and I, I was going to say it's a good point to start talking about it because I don't want to ignore Jake's side of the bracket either because he was playing you know, that variant. He was playing the Poison variant. Yeah. Um, I think that one's super fun, and I think it's more um, likely to win in certain matchups. I, I keep talking about the Lucario Melmetal one, and I think it's definitely more likely to win that one. It, does, it has more of an impact than sphere Team would have um it also is more likely to get one hit k.o.s against the big uh vmax pokemon that we're always talking about like even in the mirror matchups like you're more likely to get the 270 damage with your attack and then you're you're going to have the 50 stack of poison against any you know traditional vmax with 320 or you know if you're fortunate enough to have three toxic Croak out there you can get the one hit k.o on a you know eternatus um, and i yeah. think i think that's a very very good build I just think it lacks consistency a little bit. Um, there's a lot of moving parts in the form of getting all of those evolution Pokemon out. There's not really mm-hmm. enough room for, you know, a copious amount of Pokemon communication or evolution incense and stuff like that, in my opinion. Um, so it's kind of difficult you, to have it consistent.
0: You definitely lose your energy denial.
2: Yeah. yeah. So uh, you, you,
0: you can't afford to put, like like, if you put those crushing hammers in there um and it's just not a good idea because you're trying to use everything you can to build the bench a certain way and you know putting those in there is a big risk because it really slows you down versus and i'm playing it too yeah. um right now so you know and i actually i think the one in person i had i did it without bosses just to try it without a bosses in there and you still I, need bosses yeah you just need bosses in the game right now yeah uh, But I mean, that's why you you get to remove your scoop up nets. Don't need them at all. And you know, you actually like I I'll run evolution incense and not really. I think I ran. I think in my current poison version, I have only two quick balls. And then the and and, yeah, and so you can cut down on that, and you can run the evolution incense because you don't really need the Pokemon communication because you're just grabbing the the current like the you know the the evolution version now I have a couple of the Pokemon communications in there but yeah I think I think the poison variant of this is probably is where I'm at right now too and we talked about that during yeah. our matchup that was like it was like man I really wish I had the other one and I think I don't think both of you use but I use it currently is the Galarian Wheezing.
1: No, I don't. I don't use it. I think it might be a little clunky, just like you were talking about, just consistency in general in that in that build.
0: Um... Well, the funniest part about it, all right, is you have a coughing, all right, so you like that's, and he's only seventy health, so you got to be a little cautious with that with spread damage out there. And I don't run Slowbro at all because I think he's. A kind, or kind like you have to rely on Dark City to get him out of there or hiding energy. So I don't really like him. But say in our matchup, you know, he knocks out my, in a mirror match, he knocks out my Eternatus. I put Blair and Weezing out there. All of a sudden his Eternatus now has to go down, his bench has to go down to five Pokemon because he can't have the eight. Interesting. I think that's a good point. Yeah, and it's it's really, and it's you can see like on the ladder, and I did it to uh, in the tri attack. I did it to Brian, uh, or um,
1: is it Brian? Yeah, Brian. Brian.
0: Yeah. I did it to Brian in the tri attack, and then he, because so, he knocked out my Eternatus VMAX, did that, and all of a sudden he went down to five. I evolved, and I brought my bench right back up and knocked him out, and he just, I shut him down for the rest of the game. Um, i
2: I would never like consider that like i I don't even think if i was playing you right now until you like brought that up if i was playing a match i don't think i would have even realized that was going to happen um and i think that would probably be the most appealing aspect of that is is that people just don't just don't see it coming um Mm -hmm. not only is it another pokemon who can add poison to your opponent if you have like a hiding dark on there you can get them well, I guess that that's not the order that that would work in. But if you need like a desperate poison at that time, you can use his attack to put it on there. But um, yeah, I, I just yeah. think the ability removal is something that I wouldn't even consider.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because it shuts down the 2s too. They can't right. use the, the 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 other attacks. And they, if it's like a wet mew, they're just kind of sitting there, like, "What what just happened?" Yeah, um,
2: and and I think <laughs> I think that's why you know we would arguably say. Um, and I, I just mean, we meaning Jake and I, just because I think we're on the board of maybe not using Weezing, but
1: um,
2: I think power plant, you know, suffices against the Mewtwo matchup.
1: Um, oh, yeah. yeah I, I, in my player's cup run, I, on I, well, my Eternatus, I did do the power plant a few times where people just don't, especially early on, they they didn't expect Eternatus to be running power plant. They're more uh, dark city or the, or the prism star, and it would catch them off guard and, it won me many games.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it's more like more accustomed to it now, but uh, I think I even recall having a conversation with you that you were like, "Yeah, I'm using PowerPte." and I was like, uh but even then, I think that was probably before Fire Mewtwo picked up any playability. yeah, it's just it, it's useful now, and I, I think it definitely you know will remain useful. Not only does it slow down ADP with the Dedenne, now it slows down PikaROM because Rom's a thing again,
1: um, mm-hmm.
2: yep. it, it's definitely useful. And probably more useful than Dark City, uh, especially if you're running Switch and hiding Dark Energy. Yeah. But I I do, the Poison variant, mine that I have built online is uh, admittedly just a carbon copy of what I found by somebody, I forget who, online. And it actually does have Crushing Hammer. I just wanted to bring that up because I know you guys said that there's no, uh, well obviously at least play. i didn't find yeah, them, I'll be honest.
0: yeah i, I couldn't i couldn't justify it in, in the way i was playing it Yeah, so i don't so. know
2: what's extremely different and you know in my build comparably to the other builds that have been running around without crushing hammer but um maybe that's where i lose consistency in this one and that's why i'm a little biased in terms of the other variant because i'm trying to run this energy denial and it's just not i can't get my crowbat or not my Crobats, i can't get my toxic croaks out or my you know garbadors out in time because I have that mm-hmm. clunky extra four cards in there.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, that's a, all right. Well, yeah, I think I...
1: that's, I'm sorry. Let's start that over. You got it, Nick.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, Colton, Um, you know, that was, you know, again, congratulations on an awesome run winning the whole thing for our first players league. Uh, hopefully we'll get your name and a photo with you at the trophy soon. and. Uh, Next time we see you at the store and we get that all up and running. And you're the first name to add it to the to the to our Stanley Cup style.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no. Thank Uh, you. You know, thank you so much for putting on the tournament, you know, having me. It's been super fun. It was a fun tournament to play. Like I said, it was really fun to come back from, you know, being in a hole and then ended up at the top. So that was, you know, rewarding in itself and you know, I, I just really appreciate you guys putting forth the effort to make it all happen.
1: And no problem uh, and you you deserve the the win for sure um, uh with that with that being said uh is there any shout outs you want to have at the end here before we wrap it up
2: uh, no, nobody in particular but i mean everybody at the store everybody who have been playing and stuff it's been really nice to have another you know community i I'm, I was at heroes you know a little bit before this all started before you know the pandemic started and It was a smaller group of people and it seems like, you know, everybody's done their part in helping evolve that community. And it's been, you know, I always look forward to coming and seeing everybody there. So just a shout out to, you know, everybody that plays.
1: Definitely. Well said.
0: All right. Well, thanks for joining us and uh, congrats again. And that's going to be it for us today. Jake, is there anything you wanted to bring up?
1: Um, not just stay tuned for the for the next season. Um, I look forward to that one as well. It'll be kind of similar, I think, uh, with the round Robins going into a top cut and uh, going from there.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, our head professor Zach is taking over setting everything up for it, which is great. And we're going to be doing a more formalized variation. And then also he has some really fun ideas in the works, too, for in between. And I'm pretty excited about those ones.
1: Yeah. As am I. Well, okay. Well, thanks again for listening and congratulations again for, uh, to Colton. Um, and we'll see you on the next one.
0: Thanks, guys. Thank you again for listening to Triple P. The best way to support us is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. You can leave us a comment or question on Twitter at PitPokeyPod or on the triple p facebook page we also stream box openings online and live play at twitch.tv slash duke of hobbies there you can earn tcgo codes and more if you have made or know any pokemon artists send us a message and we will feature an artist each episode gotta catch them all